0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au,
1: predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Makers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Hey there, it's Timmy Manor, and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight like he does every week. It's been a little... Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming, champion. It's all right. Our special guest this week, all right, this guy, I'm pumped to have him on the show. Across a 10-year career in professional rugby league, our guest played over 100 games in both Australia and England. However, to his own admission, maybe, he probably reached his greatest heights post-playing career, which is awesome because he, um, he's had a great post-career as well. Away from the field, our guest has become a successful model touring with the world, touring the world, and has founded Athletes for Life, which is an awesome organization, and I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, he's assisted retired athletes, and is continu- continuing to help them with their transition away from the sporting world. Tonight, our guest in the spirit of sport is former NRL player Nick Youngquest. Nick, Woo! welcome to the spirit of sport, mate. <laughs> Thanks for having me, legend. Oh, uh, mate, I
0: to speak to you twice, twice in 24 hours. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> to love about this mate? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, let's let's talk about the last 24 hours. How did you pull up from your uh, 36k walk yesterday?
0: I pulled up all right, mate. I, I, I thought I was uh, still playing footy. I think me and Galwin had a had a couple of beers. <laughs> we got
1: home a bit late. But uh, yeah, woke up this morning, went for a surf. I'm back
0: at it, so I feel good. Wow. You
1: wasn't eh? You backed up with the surf early in the morning after the, the, the walk, the beers. You sweet? You good? Feeling good? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. Oh, that's I'm a
1: highly functioning person. That's impressive. <laughs> that's good, mate. And tell us a bit about um, what you've been doing with yourself since you retired. I don't know it's, we're going to get into your journey a bit, a bit uh, down in the show but especially like the last 12 months what have you found yourself doing?
0: Mate I uh, after COVID I actually spent a year back in back in Australia
2: um, during
0: COVID 2020 and then um, but you know I've been spending most of my time in New York City uh, between New York City and Portugal um, and as you mentioned I, I, I probably felt like I was probably a bit more successful post career not that that was that hard um Timmy. yeah
1: kind of uh, me about, and you both mate career,
0: but... yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, you know, I, shortly after I retired, I, um, you know, I started doing the gigs with, with the modelling, and um, it was kind of, uh, it went to new heights, I, I say, outside of sport, right? And, and, and I could kind of come to a point where I was like, thinking to myself, this is what, everything seems to be going great, you know, like outwardly would be facing, like everyone would have, would have thought that everything would have been fine, but, just, but, but down below the surface, I was like, unfulfilled, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I felt... Workless and, uh, and uh, didn't really have a purpose and stuff like that. So I uh, got into marathon running and then and and, and found it an absolutely for life. I think it was right around um, oh, when when Lance Thompson passed away. Now the you know the circumstances around Lance's death are, are quite um, unknown. Let's say. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, I've been struggling with these things, um, even though I'd gone on and had you know what would look like a flourishing career. I'm not fulfilled. Something more needs to be done for the for the athlete cohort that exists in this country. You know, um, and as we were speaking about yesterday, you know, you, uh, you know, admitting to me, we don't miss playing on the weekend. You know, that's something that's not the thing we miss. Uh, we miss the community, we miss, we miss the locker room, we miss the dancer with the boys. Um, and I think that we can really create a, like a, a sustaining ecosystem and community that can really help and, um, and ensure that you know, former athletes and players don't get to like that critical moment. I think we, we see it all too often, you know, like uh, the perfect example is, um, um, I'm having a brain file right now, the winger from Queensland, uh, Brett Dallas.
2: Oh, yeah, you know,
0: yeah. We seem, to, we seem to kind of talk about these the, 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 the challenges or the, or, or the, the behaviour once it becomes so extreme that it's in the media, you know, um, or sending messages around someone doing something wrong, you know. Um, but I think that you know, we can we can kind of stem that behaviour um, by creating this ecosystem, a community whereby whereby guys are uh, guys and girls, as we say, uh, feel feel like they're comfortable in professing their deepest vulnerabilities about about their their, their transition, how they feel, um, what they miss, and uh, how they might address their challenges. You know?
1: mate, it's unbelievable. And like I said, we on this show, Nick, we um we get a lot of former players as well talk about their transition and what they're doing themselves now, but um, the the one common theme is, you know, there's a lot of guys who kind of find the root shock of of post career. You know, you, you go from you know, a good wage, a good lifestyle, uh, I guess, fame to pretty much trying to figure out life on your own. You know, you, you had everyone do everything for you your whole career. You, know, you had people helping you, uh, you know, book your plane tickets and your hotels and you, um, you know, telling you what to eat, what time to start training, what to wear. And then you're kind of out of that routine, you're out of that you know, structure in life. And we spoke last, yesterday a bit about structure and how, how important that is. Um, you've kind of put together a bit of a program in this Athletes for Life where he kind of gives those, those past plays and the, the retired players that, one, that community, but also that, um, that calling a bit, you know, that feeling where you, you, gotta, you don't want to let someone down. So, hey, we're going for a run on Saturday morning and you don't want to let the rest of the guys down. So I'm going to turn up regardless of how I feel. And that's one of the things yeah. that I think past players really miss. They feel like they miss that feeling of not letting someone down. Um, yeah. how, how else is ethics I think, for life? Like What else have they thought about holistically can make a difference with past players? Because there's, there's a whole range of things. I know James Graham was talking a lot about the medical side of things as well and, and how when you're out, outside yeah. the game, you know, medically, you, you kind of you go from having a doctor check you up maybe three times a week when you're playing. Yeah. To maybe yeah. go on four or five years without ever visiting a doctor because you're too busy trying to work and provide for your family. What, what yeah. what's the holistic picture, and, and what does Athletes for Life consider important in terms of the you know, the the post career transition?
0: Well, I think along term, like you, you you touch on a, a couple of things like booking doctors, women, um getting uh getting your passport done. I heard, I heard a story just last week, um a guy who used to play parrots. I can't remember who it was. Um, and I won't name him anyway. If, if, if I didn't remember. Um, he rang up the he rang up his, his former manager at, at Parramatta and said, oh, "I'm at the airport and my passport's expired. What do I do?"
1: Was it, you know, t- was these, it Tim sense. My...
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> By the way, just just on that topic, I actually travelled overseas three weeks ago, and there's so much restrictions at the moment. So I was like, had a bit of anxiety trying to tick all the boxes with you know, yes. your, your testing yes. and your doctor's certificates and everything. I thought, finally, I'm all over everything. I've got it. I've got this folder full of paperwork. I get to the front desk, take out my passport, and there's a photo of my baby daughter on the passport. So I brought the wrong passport to the airport. Luckily, yes. my amazing wife got my new one before I flew out. But that's uh, yeah. Anyway, continue, continue yeah. as you were. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, 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 you know, I think that as you mentioned that the structure is an issues thing. That's why you know running marathons is a it's a challenging um, a challenging regime to get to get yourself to the finish line in a marathon. So as you said, the guys, people don't want to let their mates down. Um, but re-engaging with physical activity actually is quite challenging for some form athletes. Um, I don't know about yourself, but I can say, you know, subjectively, I, I, I can't stand the gym. Like, lifting weights is it's ridiculous to me now. Yeah. Um, so we have to find that a positive a proactive re- re-engagement with physical activity is really, really useful. All the science suggests that as well. Um, but, yeah, those little things that we, 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 we find innocuous, and people probably think, well... What's wrong with this person? Like, Working out how they don't know how to do that. But sport really generates that climate where they don't. They, they, everything's so driven towards performance. We're not kind of um, challenged to kind of uh, explore more diverse ranges of our identity, right? Where where that could be autonomy by well, you know renewing your passport. Um, that that can be done by the club, right? If you go to New Zealand and the, and your passports about to expire, give it to someone at the club. They'll get it done by you going do a photo right? Um, yeah. and to for some people it seems it, it can seem ridiculous but you've been in that system since you were 16, 17, whatever, until thirty years old, and then it, it's not uh, it's not uncommon com- uncommon for, for people not to kind of understand how good these and entry are. Um, and it's also not their fault, right? So
2: yeah.
0: uh, I think that there's there's many there's many aspects that athletes in life will continue to explore you know at the moment it's primarily primarily around the structure having the goal to finish the marathon and utilizing your platform to, to understand that you still add value to the world um, even though you're not strapping the boots on or or running and running in the track or, or playing in the in the arena right so yeah um, it's, 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 there's, a, there's a real multifaceted angle for it and um, I think if we all come together uh, collectively because we all struggle with certain things you know what you struggle with might be very different than what I struggle with but uh, if, if we come together as a cohort and talk about it and and, and create, and provide a safe space for people not to feel stupid and, and to learn to kind of grow these diverse and multifaceted understandings of who they are, um, that's crucial. What I'm standing right now is to give you a, a little story. Um, yeah. A prominent um, former player stood, stood uh, in front of me holding his daughter, and he said to me these words. that I had done everything I wanted to, to do in my life by the age of 32. I, I was a man. He stood there holding his daughter. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's a crazy way to think. You know? like, don't <laughs> yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, yeah. Sport, is, sport, is, sport is fascinating. Uh, it's incredible. But essentially, it's what you do, it's not who you are. Um, yeah. You would rather, you know, uh, athletes answer the question, who are you, with, I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a son, you know, rather than I'm a footy player. But you know, uh, unfortunately, and I, I'm not sure you're only uh, a, a couple of years touch touching the game, but I find myself even still now, a decade later, saying oh, I'm a former rugby player, and then I do this. You know, um, it's not really. I don't think it's a really healthy way to kind of look at who we are. Um,
2: yes, so, yeah, spot on.
0: exploring exploring different different avenues of who you are. Kareem Abdul Jabbar famously said how do we stay relevant without yacking um, endlessly about how to grow a and we all know that guy at the pub who's 50 or 60 years old who's like back in my day yeah, well, yeah it's, and these stories are great I and mean, we all love those yarns but it's it, 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 the, 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 some people actually try to stay relevant in those yarns in the pub um, rather than actually really just trying to tell a story
1: yeah what have you found is the most fulfilling part of helping these guys out and creating this program personally for you um,
0: I, I, I'm really uh, interested in psychology, anyway. But I just I, you, you want to see guys come at the end and, and, and run a marathon. Like for some athletes, it probably would have been the last and most important thing they ever want to have done,
2: yeah.
0: um, Especially after retiring. So getting to the finish line of a marathon, it, it, for me, is like, it's a great achievement. First of all, for anyone who does does that, uh, runs a marathon. Um, let alone someone who you know who's got got back into physical activity after retiring and and, and cross the, the, the finish line in New York City. It's um, probably one of the most fulfilling things for me. Um, and, you know, like, as you said, Jimmy, Jammer's, Jammer's running the, uh, the the Sydney Half Marathon this year. It's in, uh, it's in a couple of months. And full disclosure to, to your listeners, you're also suggesting that you might run out as well. Oh, I'm I reckon Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I for that. Yeah, I'd
1: no, uh, love to. Yeah, now listen, I know the guy. He's got heaps of spare time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go,
0: there you go. But, you know, uh, Jeremy just loves turning up on a Saturday and, and, and pushing himself uh, a new challenge. And, um, and Jeremy's actually someone who's really passionate about this space too. So um, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if we do some work with Jeremy down the track and um, and really, as I say, yeah create an empowering and, and sustaining an ecosystem where we're changing the kind of dichotomy of, 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 of the transition space. You know, it's okay to have challenges, um, let's address them head on as a, as a collective and, and ensure that everyone feels empowered to, you know, Again, develop like
1: multi-faceted understanding of who they are. Yeah, so Jammer obviously being Jimmy Grain, um, everyone that knows and seen him play over the years knows how passionate he is and how he wears his heart on his sleeve. They also know that he, you know, he's put his body through. Um, I, know, I love his quote when he talks. When everyone talks about Sam Burgess breaking his um, his cheekbone in that grand final. Yeah, uh, Jemma you know, always says, "Yeah, it was my head on the other side as well." Everyone, everyone seems to forget that. But, <laughs> But, you know, he he put his body through a whole lot, and he knows more than anyone what it means to, I guess, to sacrifice your body. But, and then I just think you and him, obviously, you bring so much to the table because you know you've you've been there. You've transitioned into life. You, you've done really well. You've done well outside of footy, but you also understand what the journey is like post football and how many of your friends and and you've seen people struggle with the the emotional and mental side of it. And Jimmy's seen yeah. what happens on the physical side and the mental, the medical side of. Um, recovering from you know, your football career, I think you two, between the two of you, you have a great platform and a, and a great. Um, you would have to respect anything you say in that space, and I think you guys will have a great voice in terms of getting a lot more momentum in that, in that sphere and making sure people understand yeah. and respect it. Um, yeah. Let's just touch a bit okay, about the, your your post football career. I know, I know probably, you probably, I know you're very <laughs> humble. You don't like to talk about this too much, Benny. If you haven't, I don't know if you've seen much of Nick Youngquist, but he's. Mm. He's not a bad looking rooster. Yeah, uh, yeah. for the listeners listen nah, at I home. I've seen a few photos. <laughs> yeah, listeners listener at home. Likes a chisel. He was the face of Invictus for how, how oh. long were you the face of Invictus for? Um, is it... well, I did it for, did it for ten years, mate, which is um, ten is years. Quite
0: actually, you need to go in the fragrance industry. Now Probably a couple of years in
1: the mate middle. The que- the question I have, which I didn't ask you yesterday, but it is, I am curious. It's the original one. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, <I> li- <laughs> it, being. Being good looking, which unfortunately I've never had the, the ability to say that I've been in this position. Oh, stop! <laughs> but nah, is it so, is so, as a model? Is it sometimes hard to think that people are, are valuing you based just on your looks? Is that like? And it's, it sounds like a funny question, but do you sometimes no, feel like a bit of a piece of meat sometimes? Because at the end of the day, you're yeah. you're getting valued on what you look like,
0: and you've got feelings. Yeah, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. I, I think you know for me the, the industry uh, is, is quite bizarre. You can imagine how interesting it was coming from from footy and going and working in Paris and working in Milan and New York, you know, on these sets. But the the, the great thing about sport for me is it gives us the humility to to, to to understand the bigger picture, right? Like, let's be fair, I've worked on shoots before where there's 250 people, and yeah. now, yeah, 100. I I am there and I'm in front of the camera, but there is so much going on behind the camera to create something so credible. Yeah. Um. And, and, and I think my time in sport really allowed me to kind of transcend that kind of typical model kind of idea, um, because there is there, there, all of the um, uh, some models can be kind of dicks, you know. Yeah.
2: Um, and,
0: and they're demons, you know. Um, but I think you know, coming from a sporting background, I remember sh- shooting in Namibia in, uh, in Africa. Uh, 250 people, and they, they give me they give you like this uh, mountable kind of brim and really the air conditioning and perfect for me. And the, all the other crew, two hundred and fifty of them, are going having dinner and stuff in, in, in these tents with my C CN mate. Well, I'm like, oh well, nah, no, like just because I'm in the front of the camera, I'm not gonna sit in this bloody room. I'm gonna go have dinner with the boys. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that was, that's really naturally the, the idea from sport. But yeah, like being commodified and seeing, you know, using your, your, your image. Um, it's it's quite weird. But um, I, I tried to add different aspects to it. like of myself and what awesome. I've learned from sport, yeah, just um, so kind of add to the add to the whole thing. I, I ended up working with a inside sales team, incentivizing beauty advisors around the world, um, which is not something the typical models typically do. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it, it was it was a good experience, but um, yeah, I think I'm pretty over it though to be honest with
1: you. That, comes, <laughs> back to, that <laughs> comes back to teamwork, though, as well. Like the fact that you played a team sport. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many models would have been through a team sport, but the fact that you spent a whole career doing it. You can recognise that. Okay, just cause I'm here and the rest is still a team together. They're still a team working together to get it done. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, like the success. Like you think about it, you know, like you shoot a you shoot a commercial, um, and, and then post production can be six months, and then they've got a, a distribution to, to to all the stores, the, all the airports, the people who sell it in the stores. It's not just me that's making. You impact because of my um, my my aesthetics. It's a uh, it's uh, a teamwork. A, a team of people. Around the globe, that really making a success, and that's why I always um, I always make sure that I let everyone know that. and um, I'm so grateful for, for being the person that everyone saw, but knowing that it was a part of me, you know, a, a huge team that made it a success.
1: I love that, and um, yeah, there's a reason why I'm being Benny on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: but but for yeah. someone who, and it's, it's not us, but say an aspiring person, how did you get invo- involved in modeling in the first place? How did that come about?
0: Oh, I think I was saying to you yesterday, I, I started doing a few calendars and stuff back in the day. Um, you were probably still in school, Timmy. Um, but yeah. I, was <laughs> the early days of my career. Um, I kind of advocated for the, for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, we, did some, we did some calendars and stuff like that back in the day with the boys. Uh, 2001, 2002. Um, and it kind of stemmed from there. I had an agency in Sydney for a long time. Um, but yeah, I probably didn't go into the modelling realm in the most conventional way, obviously, coming through sport. And... But you know, it's, uh, it's a, it is an interesting industry. Uh, isn't my favorite industry in the world? No, not at all. Um, definitely had a lot of fun, uh, and yeah, been able to travel around the world. So nothing, so now I'm grateful. But um, you know, like we're talk, talking about at the start of the call. Like for me, I'm looking for something that's more fulfilling again. You know, yeah, so I'm yeah. looking to try and try and pivot um, again. I guess if you will, and transform my. My, my professional career again, and you know we, we spoke about some of the aspirations you have. You know, it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's an interesting time, and it's a, you know, it's a it's also it's challenging, it's
2: scary,
1: yeah,
0: um, but it's super rewarding.
1: So. Yeah, you, you spoke actually, say with a lot of wisdom as well. Like you speak like someone that has taken time to think about things rather than someone that's reactive and and just going out on a, on a whim. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of that, that depth yeah. about you is why people are going to be so drawn to you, especially. As you go on to this next part of your career, there's a part of you, there's something about you that people are going to want to be involved with, and people want to have you on board, which I think is a great aspect, especially in that space that you want to work in. Hey, I'm um, living in New York City. Appreciate you saying that. In New York City. I um I just came back, and you know I've been there a number of times. It's kind of a city that it's amazing. There's there's so much going on, and there's so much, but it's also the kind of city that if it can consume you sometimes, and you can kind of lose yourself in terms of um. You know, forgetting, I guess, your purpose or what you're there for. How did you find living there? And, and like, I know, I know you, most people have a great experience. I was trying to, I'm curious because um, most people seem to do well, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that struggle there as well.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is a, um, New York's incredible. It, you know, as they say, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It can be a place you can chew up and spit out. Um, to be really honest with you, some of the best stuff about New York happens after, after hours. Um, which is also a
2: uh, you know, for someone who likes
0: to drink and, and, and doesn't mind being out and about, um, it can be challenging. I, was, I remember like one one period I was running, I was like you know, I started running marathons, so I'm training a lot, running in the park. I remember I looked I looked back at like the last the, the month previous, and I was like i am getting, getting home at 3 a.m. every morning. Yeah, but getting up at six thirty and running like fifteen k in the park,
2: <laughs> yeah. I was like,
0: what? I wonder why I'm exhausted." But and I don't say that I wasn't like I was going there partying and, and going crazy, but literally, like you know, dinner dinner time is between nine and eleven. Yeah, before.
1: that's true. Yeah, my,
0: with my friends, you know, um, and, 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 and as I said, some of the best things happen after 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 hours. You know, uh, the people you meet, um, the the networking you're able to do, um, and, and just the, this kind of a, a non judgment kind of place no one really cares about what anyone does for work uh but something's electric about new york you, you know something i don't really do here is go and sit at the bar on my own yeah um but in new york you know you oftentimes find yourself doing that and then both meeting someone that uh and, and oftentimes you know you, you have friends in common as well um it, this is something electric about it mate but um yeah you know, I, I actually moved out of new york in 2018, end of 2018 to portugal because it was um I'll, I'll say this: I, I was probably burning the candle at both ends a little yeah. bit with like how, how much I was running and how much I was trying to be out and about and um, and, and networking and all that sort of stuff. So I wanted to have a bit more of a much crazier life, and I'm um, looking to move back to New York and uh, kind of operationalise things that I've been learning and uh, the, the university and stuff that I've been working on for like, the last decade. So it's uh, heading back to the big city. Um, so if anyone's ever there, please hit me up. Yep. As I mentioned,
1: i partial to beer. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could tell yesterday so after our 7 hour walk, you're you're ready to roll. <laughs> um, you mate, keep that quiet, mate. Yeah, sorry, I apologize. Everyone, uh, he was <laughs> once I'm ready to roll. I mean, he's ready for his recovery session at the at the pool. And then um, yeah, hey, uh, <laughs> you spoke in I the past. I was going to I was going to post it on Instagram because
0: apparently. If you post
1: your ice bath on Instagram, it's, it's making your ice bath colder. Yeah, what's the, it only, <laughs> yeah, it only works if you post it. Yeah, same same with your workouts yeah, exactly, as well. Yeah. If you don't post your workouts, yeah, it, doesn't, exactly. it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <It's, yeah. laughs> Mate, um, just back to your footy, actually. So you've you spoken in the past before about, you know, why you had to retire, the problems you had during your career. Can you talk a bit more about those problems, I guess, you had suffering with those seizures? Yeah, so I started having seizures actually after I retired.
0: I, I, I feel like, um, you know... The, I love playing footy, um, and it was always a place where, on the field, I had to kind of uh, prove myself. I felt like because, because of my aesthetics as well, you know, I, I, in a jokingly way, the, the boys made a bit of fun of me, um, you know, being a pretty boy black hair, blue eyes, um, like I can help out. Um But at the end of my career, I really thought, I really felt like the only way I could kind of prove myself was seeing the ball back from from the wing, like and run straight. So I ended up getting. <laughs> I'm having. A, I ended up having a lot of uh, a lot of head knocks. But yeah, 2013, walking along the streets in Paris on, on a day off from work, I started to feel really odd. And, and if anyone's seen Joey Johnson's um, kind of uh, his symptoms from when he had his seizures, yeah, it, it sounds exactly the same as mine. Um, this vivid deja vu, this kind of real weird aura that you can't explain. I felt like I had this kind of shit bag in the middle of the street. I just kind of like went on my haunches, And the next minute I realised I was surrounded by five uh, ambulance guys and I started trying to try And punch For anyone who knows me, it's just, I'm, not, I'm not a fighter. I couldn't <laughs> fight my way out of the wet the bag, honestly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I spent three days in hospital. Um, went back and finished the work that I had to do. Went back to New York City. I kind of didn't think too much about it, which is probably bad and probably a byproduct of being a former athlete, right? And that's yeah. like the I'll, I'll be right kind of mentality. Um, two weeks later, I had another seizure. Um, I had three three, and six session after that, and then, you know, I went and got, got in and sorted out. And, and, uh, for me, it's not a gripe on the game because I'll still 100% play the game. Um, my, my symptoms are very well managed by medication, so I take daily medication to kind of suppress the messaging in my brain, um, and, and I do that. Everything's kind of Okay. Uh, the problem with, with that is that not everyone's symptoms are like that you know um suicidal thoughts um, uh, I- I- irrational behavior excessivity uh, are all kind of symptoms that people don't understand why they're having those now would be facing symptoms but because they're internalized um uh, uh, not to deal with concussion i, I guess you would say. um so for me i'm very i feel really fortunate right i, I had the seizures, we know that I sent the me medication and that helps. Um, it's not the case for everyone else, you know. though. uh, I guess if you had seen the studies from the CTE, um, from, from Melbourne last week or two weeks ago, uh, there were seven brains that were suicide, and six out of the seven brains, wow, athletes who passed away had CTE, yeah. So, um, this is something that we we obviously can't diagnose until post mortem, so um. You know the game's doing a, a wonderful job at the moment. I have to commend them on the, the job that they're doing. But
1: we—it's ha- an
0: ever-changing, ever-changing field. You know, we get once we get more information, things never change, and um, we have to continue that because people should be given the most up to information to make the, the, the most rational decision on their spectrum of participation, right? Um, and we don't want this. We don't want players to have issues first of all, and second of all, want to want to sue the game or something like that at the end of their career. Um,
1: which, which is taking the NFL. mate. With everything you're putting your hand to at the moment, all the different pressures and um, endeavours you're a part of, how are you um, staying in front of it, just mentally? And maybe give us some insight into maybe some of your your go tos daily or your daily routine that helps you, um, you know, stay mentally fit as well as physically fit. Yeah, for me,
0: as I, as I touched on before, um, proactive. we re engaging with. Physical activity is a huge one, yeah. Um, and you know, we we oftentimes see lots of informed players go down, um, go down a route of self-sabotage with their with their physical, um, physically, right? So yeah. um, running to Houston, um, surfing—that's why I also moved to Portugal, to be close to the ocean. Yeah, um, I feel like getting getting the ocean has it, it, always been a hobby of mine. I think it's really it's really key to find something you're passionate about, do it every day, and um yeah, and so, want to grow, right? And yeah. uh, um, also, I've, I've been studying for the last fifteen years. I wasn't able to kind of do much university in the early days of playing um, rugby, not not because so much of the pressures of trying to make it in the NRL, but more to the point, I don't think I was ready to actually study then.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so I went back to school in like two thousand eight or so, um, and I think that it has a real dramatic impact on my cognitive issues as well, you know, surrounding concussion. So, yeah. you know, learning and repetition, um, and reading these kind sort of things are, are really, really useful. And I think, you know, the keen, the keen interest in in, in helping other athletes now you really, you know, I'm forever reading throughout the big, um, journals on, on athletic identity transformation and, and the different things in concussion and stuff like that because I want to be. As up to date and as knowledgeable as I can, I think that really has helped me as well. Mm. Um, Because I guess subliminally, I'm kind of reading about what I might be going through anyway, Mm. Um, and I think that's been a a real help. um, Starting a concussion clubhouse actually next week. So for anyone listening, if there's any players out there, that they might have suffered too many concussions or they they they're having challenges now, we're we're starting a a clubhouse app. Um, It's more Mm or less like a radio a live podcast, I would call it,
2: which yeah.
0: you don't record. I just want a, a group of players and just talk about the challenges they've had. So Stevie Ward, the a guy who played in, um, lead who to the captain, he had to retire um, due to concussions. And, you know, his, his ailments have been dilated like sometimes can't get out of... Leave the house because of the sensitivity of light and you know, stuff like that. So doing all these kind of things and trying to make a difference and, and help has really kept me going. It was, um, you know, no one's immune to, uh, to, to, to challenges. Yeah. Um, which is, I'm certainly, that's, I'm certainly in that, um, in that area too. And I, but I think that having a, uh, I kind of go inward and, and self-reflect a lot, and, uh, and try and ensure that I'm still, I'm continuously growing. And um, yeah, helping others is pretty much the thing that I think I think that's my core in life. to help yeah, others. Yeah. So There you go. That's I think. try to do the best I can.
1: Yeah, that, that's awesome. And what does the next steps look like? What does the immediate future look like in terms of setting that up? You know, you talk about the concussion clubhouse. Um, yeah. You, know, you talk about your stages. You're probably more um, equipped and more, um, I guess, experienced to talk about it more than anyone. How, how do you go about setting that up and how do you get um, more involvement?
0: Well, we're just creating, creating the clubhouse. we I've got um, Joey Williams, uh, who wants to play South and yeah. tenor, um, and then was boxing. And, you know, Joey had a suicide attempt in 2012. Then um, he got himself right and got off a drink and, and did several different things to kind of start to manage his cognitive um, impairments as well. Um, and, and along with Stevie, we want to you know, try and touch the NRO on the Super League and just grow a community. For, for me, it's like I'm not forcing anyone to come on, but I'll get on there and do it do it, whenever I say I going to do it. And, um, and, and if people want to interact and people want to kind of outwardly or voice their, their concerns or, or their challenges, they can do so or they can just come and listen. You know? it's, um, it's, not a, it's not a place to you know, go and say, okay, I played in the AFL, I had so many concussions and I hate the AFL. Yeah. It's more about, okay, we've, this, this is done, right? The, 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 the concussions or in the head knocks you've had, a, we can't change that. Right? Let's find some proactive solutions to try and help people and um, and ensure that they, they, uh, they, they understand why they're going through the things they're going through because I think it can be really challenging to kind of synthesize the scientific data if you're not in act doing so you know like speaking about the frontal lobe and, the, and, the, and all these kind of medical um terms and stuff like that kind of scares people a little bit so kind of make it fairly colloquial and, and kind of um comfortable for people to talk about and kind of share their share their concerns and their challenges and, and how they've kind of been managing them
1: yeah you talk about proactive uh solutions and Jamal was telling me yesterday about what he thinks could be a solution. Do you think that, yeah. like doing like a yearly checkup for post-career athletes, you know, like can prevent people from getting to that stage? Like I feel like you know, there's so much work done reactively. So once someone gets um, you know, yeah. seizures, once someone gets cancer, once oh, yeah, let's, let's chip in money, let's make, let's help him out. But why aren't we doing yeah. something along the way to prevent that? So like. If there's a yearly checkup, all of a sudden, if you're getting a head scan every year, yeah. they can go, okay, hold on, mate. Yeah. Maybe if you drink less alcohol, it might help prevent yeah. further damage down the track. Or hey, yeah. mate, this is getting worse yeah. compared to what it was last year. Keep an eye on it. Yeah. Get some tests done next month. But I feel like, at the yeah. moment, everything we're doing is it's too late. Like we're we're waiting until someone's exactly. on death's door, or you know, got it. You know, without talking to school, you know, Royce Simmons now has. Um, yeah. What do they call it? <laughs> I can't remember the word. Uh, dementia. 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 Yeah, yeah that's all right. So yeah, yeah, you know, someone with dementia or someone that, and if we're like, okay, let's yeah. let's let's help them out now. There's got to be a better yeah. system where we're doing it in a way where we're not we're not waiting till it's too late. Is that is that part of what you have in mind in the structuring uh, athletes for life? It is. It is right. And I, I, think, I think
0: I think you're right to me. Like you know, when we wait until the critical event to kind of start. Um, Start uh, treatment or something, or, 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 or trying to stem these issues, right? But if you're if you're predisposed to too many too brain injuries or concussions, um, you probably should treat your brain like we treat our teeth, or like we treat uh, skin cancer. You know, going and getting your skin checked, you know, in Australia because we have a, a higher proclivity to, to to have uh, skin cancer. So we probably should be doing exactly that. Um, what that looks like, I wouldn't know. Uh, I, I, I try and. Even though I, I see myself as knowledgeable and, and, and you've said some lovely things about my, you know, my understanding of these things, I'm still not a scientist, you know. Um, so at some point as well, I believe we probably have to trust the the science and and the, the mechanisms that are in place. I don't want to talk at a
2: school either about
0: the NRO or anything like that, because um, they are getting better. So, so what it will look like, uh, you know, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, as you said, like now now that I. I have my seizures I take the medication I have a yearly check out with my with my doctor I don't necessarily have a uh, a uh, MRI or a, or, or a head scan because um you know my MRI was clear um, so but yeah a continuous monitoring of, of of people who had exposure to too many concussions would be, would make total sense
1: cuz yeah you you give as as a player as think you give so much of yourself like you, I know it's easy for you, know, your everyday punter to say, oh, they overpaid. they're overpaid, they've got the best life. But the reality is, it's not as glamorous as it seems. Is if you're lucky, well, I think the average career is three years, but if you're lucky, you have a 10-year career, 15-year career max, and then all of a sudden, uh, you've got to figure out life outside of that. And you've also got to realize that your body has been through more in 15 years than it should have, and you're, you're, you're trying to maintain, I guess, your health and your financial well-being. And we spoke earlier about... People not even having the time to go to a doctor because they're just trying to survive. Um, yep. I just feel that it's just one of those areas, in, especially in Australia, where it's not really understood what a transition is like for an athlete, and it's not just rugby league; it's yeah. all sports. Um,
0: yeah, for sure. Well, the but, numbers out of the NFL are actually quite alarming. So, sixty-five to seventy-five percent of former NFL players are divorced within five years.
1: Yeah, right. Up to seventy
0: yep. percent. Up to seventy percent are bankrupt within five years of retirement. Those steps are crazy.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: the, the national average, the national average in the US for divorce is fifty percent. So why are NFL players twenty-five percent more likely to, to divorce than than, 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 uh, than the general public? Um,
2: yeah. there, there's
0: something to be to, to be explored there. You know. Um, we have to figure out why. Like, why is it, does there seem to be low levels of emotional intelligence within these cohorts of, of athletes? How do we how do we proactively kind of Engage with the, uh, with athletes to empower them to do to do better. You know, um, yeah. we spoke yesterday about the challenges and some of the kind of the things that are going on in the game at the moment. Um, you know, we're always so surprised that someone does something wrong. Yeah. Um, rather than trying to give them, like, try try and try to put some processes in place to make sure that they don't get to that point of doing something wrong. They might have acted the body goes to jail. Like, what are some of the steps that we may have been able to do? Leading up to that, to make him would have allowed him to make a different decision. Um, yeah. Is it sports problem? Is it sports problem? Absolutely, maybe not. Maybe he's always going to make that decision. But as a, as a cohort of players uh, 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 and sporting bodies uh, 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 as such, I think that we can probably do do better in that sense.
1: That's so true, man. Mate, I honestly, I I, I want to, I'd, I'd love if the opportunity comes to get you back on the show in a year's time to kind of track how you're going and what the progress is like. Unfortunately, we're out of time now, but. Nick, we're, yep. so, we're so grateful yes. that you've given your time. Um, you know, obviously, we're all aware of you know, what you've done in your career, what you've done post-career, but what I found fascinating yesterday was talking to you about your heart for people and, and you, your, your passion to want to see people thrive and, and do well post-football. And Mate, it's, it's, it just comes out so genuine from you. It's not, there's, there's nothing fake about it. There's no agenda. It's just, you just really want to see people doing better in life and, and transitioning well. It's, um, it was so refreshing to talk to you. I, honestly, I can't wait to see, to see what you do and how it grows and how it impacts and changes people's lives. I personally would uh, love to help out and be involved wherever possible as well, mate. We're, we're so thrilled that you came on the show. And uh, like I said, we look forward to following the journey more in the future, mate. Thank you so much, Legends. Appreciate it.
0: When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli, so we doubled it.